Go ahead and be seated. I'm right here, right when he walked away. I got right up here. This is not a beauty contest, and you do not want to see me walking across the stage. Uh, open up your Bible. Electronic or paper, doesn't matter to me. I got them both. I'm double charged this morning. I'm going to start with a, with a um, commercial, no, uh, t- with a joke. All right. Sometimes I tell this and it comes off too serious, so I thought I'd better preface it. All right, so you're supposed to laugh. That's what I'm talking. Okay, it's great to be back in uh, Lifeway. If you're a guest, don't worry about this morning. There's a great preacher coming next week. All right. (laughs) Reese has been speaking for us up in the Antelope Valley, and uh, Reese has grown. I mean, he's just awesome. You know, uh, I'm glad he's down here so I can keep my job up there. But uh, our church loves him, and uh, we're uh, swapping pulpits. He'll be up in a few weeks, maybe. But uh, it's great to be here. I love your location, too. I just zip down the highway and get off and go to that first little bonds there and get my Starbucks. And, you know, I'm ready to go. Got my blueberry uh, muffin this morning, so uh, I'm energized. I'm energized. I know I may not look it, but that's, uh, that's the way it is. It's good to see these young boys up front here, too. You know, preteens. Yeah, I want to give them a little hint, you know. Uh, I, uh, I've i been in uh, Omaha, Nebraska on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for the last uh, couple months finishing a counseling degree, uh, doing uh, practicum work at a uh, counseling center, sort of immersed myself in uh, the black community in uh, North Omaha there and uh, living in uh, that that area with a young couple that had the privilege of staying with and becoming Christians and uh, doing their premarital counseling and marrying, so they opened up their home to me for the summer, and and uh, I counsel in a facility there, and uh, so I uh, I've been uh, uh, flying in and out. I'll be catching a plane, so you don't have to worry about the sermon being too long because I have a flight to catch at. Uh, at the 12, and you got to be there about an hour and a half early anymore. So, uh, you know, we'll get, get right to it. But, boys, uh, just a couple things. If you want to have a beautiful, deep voice, which I'm still striving for, sing bass. Sing bass. Okay? Don't forget that. It's going to help you. Women love a deep voice. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't mind. You could be a DJ or something, okay? And then the other thing is uh, do curls. Do curls. In this practicum, they, we've been videotaping uh, ourselves. And, you know, the camera's far enough away, so, you know, it doesn't bother me too much. But I, I just thought, gosh, I have sort of pipe-eye arms, you know. It looks a little weird sitting there on the table, you know. God, well, how do my arms get so big, you know? Age, I guess, you know. And then I remember back, no, I was a catcher, and I kept doing those curls. And, and a guest speaker once, he played for the NFL, came, and he, and, he, and he put his arm up there and said, see, this is the rock. This is how I made it through the NFL. I just put my arm up. <laughs> and I did, got that from curls, so I started doing that. And, you know, if you want to look this way when you're old, then go for it. But uh, stop a little sooner than I did, all right? But... Uh, it wasn't steroids. It's all natural. It's all natural. 
Alright, well, um, there's this lady. I'm going to tell you how God deals with suffering here in a minute from uh, Romans chapter 8. And uh, so I thought I'd better start with an illustration of a woman that uh, she unfortunately had uh, four husbands die on her. I mean, that's what we call in the business complicated grief. Alright? And uh, the first one was a banker, and he, uh, she outlived him, and and uh, he was a little bit serious. So the next guy she married just happened to be a ro- rodeo clown, you know, and so brought a little humor and fun into her life, and so that was cool. And, but unfortunately, he met a bull that didn't like him, and uh, so he was gone. And a bit of a tragedy. Yeah, you shouldn't be laughing. You shouldn't be laughing at that. And uh, set you up, didn't I? And uh, then uh, she married a uh, preacher. Amen for us preachers. Third in line, but we, 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 made, the, we made the role. And uh, she married a preacher. And unfortunately, you know, he died, you know, too much fire. Fire and brimstone, I guess, got too close to the fire. And uh, then, uh, then uh, she married a mortician. And uh, you'd think she, you know, would have gone before the mortician went, but... Uh, uh, he died too. So uh, one of the newspapers decided to interview her and just, you know, ask her about that experience of losing five husbands. And she said, you know, married the first one for the money, the second for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. <laughs> she was an intentional marrier, I guess. Some of us are laughing, some of us are disgusted. You know, I want to center us on the Lord. If you want to, you can turn to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, I shall not want. He leads me, lets me lie down in green pastures. Good places. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul down deep. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. To bring him glory. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we all will, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. You know my head with oil, and my cup is overflowing. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me and follow all of us all the days of our lives. Why? Because we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's say it, forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord, let's say it, forever. See, call and response. You know, I've been in the black community, I want a little response here, all right? Amen. In Romans chapter 8, we deal with the ultimate concerns of life. Everybody has them. Whether you admit it or not, you have these four concerns. They're existential. They're within us. All right? 
The first one is freedom. We all want freedom, but we fear it because with freedom comes responsibility. And unfortunately, so many people give their freedom, their autonomy away. They give it to dictators. They give it to cult leaders. They give it to other people that will take that and control you. But a lot of people in the world give away their freedom because they do not want responsibility for their lives. You know, I went over to Russia. And one of the Russian brothers told me once, he said, you know, what our country would really like is a benevolent dictator. And I was sort of shocked. <laughs> Who wants a dictator to tell us what to do to control us? Well, they just didn't know anything different for so long. But we live in a great country that gives us freedom. And therefore, we have choice. Amen? But with that comes responsibility. The other ultimate concern of life is isolation. What do you mean, Greg? Isolation. That's a, a bigger word than you're used to saying, isn't it, Greg? All right. Well, we're born into the world alone, right? And we leave the world alone. And so deep down, there's this fear of loneliness. That's part of why we join in church. That's part of why we join family. That's why we join clubs and community. That's why we have cliques in school and all these stratifications and all this prejudice even. Because we don't want to be alone, do we? Especially at the end. And then another ultimate concern is meaning. We all need to have a purpose. Why are we living for Especially the older you get. That brother that was talking about age. He needs to knock that off. Age is so relative. I am much younger than I appear. Just a lot of miles. But we all want meaning. We want to live for something, don't we? We don't want to just exist. Animals exist. I'm not an animal. You're not an animal. In fact, some of you are pretty good looking. I bet you're pretty smart, too. Right? So we're not animals. We want meaning. And death, in some ways, gives life meaning or forces it. So this scripture is going to tell us how to deal with these ultimate concerns. Freedom comes with responsibility. God's going to lay that on us in this chapter. Isolation is dealt with relationships with others. Amen? I was so encouraged to see Bridget this morning. Bridget and Jack are, are two incredibly inspiring Christians that have loved me undeservedly uh, for many, many years. And uh, I was so glad to hear they moved over here with uh, Tom and Etta just to have family. And uh, we need those relationships. And let's be praying for Jack, our dear brother. And then relationships it comes from our relationship with God. And unfortunately, a lot of people take a long time to figure that one out. Praise God, some of our young people are figuring it out quickly. And then with death comes resurrection. What is your picture of God? Is this your picture of God? This uh, angry-looking guy? Is that your picture of God? This morning, I want to tell you about the one true God. That he doesn't, he, he doesn't have a scowl. He is funny, even if I'm not. He is, all right? He's cool. He's very cool, all right? 
And so we're going to talk about him this morning from scripture. God is three things. I, I break it down to make it simple, okay? Because, you know, I only have five fingers and I don't want to use them all, so I just make three points, all right? And, you know, when you're from a, a Polish background, you, you want to keep it simple. Because, you know, some people, they, you just know not everybody figures it out. They're just not as quick as you. And so uh, you want to keep it, <laughs> keep it simple. Self-deprecating humor, that's what that is, folks. All right? Not picking on you, picking on me. God is righteous. Can I get an Amen. God is fair. God's righteous. God's fair. God's good. God is holy. God is just. He's fair. It's a good thing. Without Him being just and fair, we would have problems, folks. And number two, God is faithful. He's written a couple of covenants. He's given us, a, a, we call them commands, but really they're promises. They're, they're covenants. They're agreements between us and Him of how He's going to deal with us. So we know the score. We know how to please Him. They're awesome. And God is faithful to those covenants. He's very faithful. He keeps His promises. He keeps His word. He keeps His covenant. I mean, that is a rare thing in the world, isn't it? For people to be honest, for people to be full of integrity, for people to make vows and follow through, God is faithful, praise God. I don't want to worship a God that's not faithful. I don't know about you. I don't want to worship a fickle God that one year He'll, you know, bless me and one year He'll torch me, you know. Not into that. How about you? And God is number three, merciful. And I didn't make that up. See, this isn't preacher talk. This is going to come from Scripture in a minute, okay? Because if I had just made it up, then you could sit there and, well, okay. I don't know. If, experientially myself, I haven't experienced all those things with God. But you will if you stay with Him long enough. Amen? And so, why suffering in the world? See, when I tell people that's what God's like, they come right back at me. Yeah, if God were so fair and so faithful and so merciful, then why all the death, disease, illness, and that kind of thing? Well, I've th been thinking about that for a long time because I work as a, worked for eight years as a trauma chaplain in a hospital and saw a lot of pain and suffering. And so I wrestled with it in my own faith. Because people were asking, you're the, you're the preacher, you're the man of God, you're the pastor, you're the chaplain, you're the, you know, they even sometimes call me father. I said, don't call me father. There's only one of those, okay? But they'd ask me, why the suffering? And I want to tell us, we live in a fallen world and that's why there's suffering. We're going to even read about it in scripture. But here's what God does with suffering. Because God is righteous. Are you following me here? This, this is, this, I, I just want to tell you, I've been in graduate school about 15 years, so you're getting a graduate education this morning just by showing up. I've had to pay tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars to learn these things. So if they're not good, it's not my fault. I paid for them, all right? God is righteous, and so he removes suffering. He really wants to remove our suffering. So we do pray for that, don't we? But whenever our prayer, our suffering's not removed, then there's times our faith is shaken. 
Don't be shaken. If God can't remove that because we live in a fallen world, because we're in the flesh, and because other people sin against us, and because doctors make mistakes, and because scientists haven't figured out everything because we're not as smart as we think we are, and we don't have all these healing powers, sometimes the suffering can't be removed. And so God is faithful, and so what does He do? He promises that He will redeem our suffering. He'll help us live through it. And it isn't amazing to see a Christian who endures through suffering. I mean, they are heroes. They are heroes in the faith. One of my dear friends that has been one of the most evangelistic brothers I've ever met in my life. He was a single when I led the San Diego church. He's in the Las Vegas church. Had a terrible car accident. Was rear-ended about five years ago. And he's in constant, constant suffering. So badly he can't even work. Young man. It's tragic. And he said, I let it get me down. I, I, I just, it decapacitated me. That means didn't do anything. And then I just decided to live with it and pray about it. And now he functions normally, though he's still in pain. He, God has redeemed his pain, suffering. And he's an inspiration to those of us that know him. And then the last thing God will do with our suffering is he will release it from us. Guess what? I got a revelation for you this morning. You're quiet. You're listening. I love it. This is not heaven. Going to Nebraska this afternoon, right next to Iowa, the field of dreams. It's not heaven. Not Nebraska, not Iowa, not even wonderful Southern California. This isn't heaven. God will release us someday from this world to a better place, and that's heaven. And I don't fear it. I'm not rushing it. Because I've got a grandchild on the way in September, and I just really hope she looks like me. <laughs> just prettier. Yeah. You know, and I hear everybody says being a grandparent's the most incredible experience in the world. And so I'm, I'm just on pins and needles. I can't wait. Because parenthood was tough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did the best I could, but mercy. Mercy. It's time to move on. Let's go to a scripture. You know, God redeems our suffering. Where did he do it? On the cross. And then, I wanna, I'm setting you up before we get to the scripture. Usually, you go right to the scripture. I gotta set you up to get you to long for it. Thirst for this, okay? Cross theology. Death. God deals, shows us his righteousness because Jesus' death Shows his righteousness. Sin's paid for. The burial of Jesus shows us God's faithfulness. And the resurrection of, of Christ shows us his mercy. God is righteous, merciful, and faithful. Let's read about his righteousness. Beginning in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's read together. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
You got any shame this morning? As I've been counseling people, and they've got very complicated problems, a lot of addiction, a lot of, you know, in and out of prison, a lot of poverty, a lot of very challenging, complicated problems. Some people, some people though, very wealthy and successful, and then became heroin addicts and different things. You know what most people's deep down problem is? This is another freebie. This is a big one. Shame. They did something wrong or they were part of something earlier in life and they're really inside feeling defective. Feeling like I'm screwed up. I'm hopeless. Why try? And they self-medicate with drugs. They self-medicate with alcohol. They self-medicate with marijuana. I know so many people that are using marijuana to control their temper. Temper. Temple. Temper. I get it. Don't laugh. I stuttered as a child. I did. And every while, once in a while, I guess I act like a child again. huh? But I want to tell them, God's Spirit will help you deal with your temper. I had a bad temper too. Really bad temper. A temper that caused shame in me. I think I've even told you about that. You know, at a, in a previous sermon. But deep down, if, if I can get to people's shame, and sometimes it's always associated with a secret, and some of those secrets are even unconscious. We buried them so deep, we don't even know they're there anymore. But it's shame. That's why God has to say, you know, in Christ, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. Because you're new. You're born again. I'm merciful. I wipe the slate. I clean you up. I mean, it didn't matter if you were a mess before. So stop going back there. Even some of our testimonies, we really need to share a testimony in a way that that's somebody we don't even know anymore. We don't even recognize. That was before Christ. And then we died. And this is us after death. You know, and we're not zombies. We're, we're new creations. We're, we're good. We don't have a bunch of holes in our head and worms coming out. All right? We're new. There's no condemnation. There's a great book if you want to read it. My fellow named Bruce Naramore entitled No Condemnation. It's good stuff. If you struggle with it, guys, read, the, read that book with the Bible. Okay? And then, let's keep going here. Breaks the change. That's what that no condemnation is about. Okay? And then verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the simple nature, God did by sending his own son in likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin and sinful man. You know, let me tell you, you're going to really try to be a great Christian and you're going to screw up. You know, for a long time as preachers expected you to become Christians and for you to become perfect almost. And we even tried to be perfect. How'd that work out for us? How'd that work out for you, coming out of baptism, trying to be perfect? You did it, right? You're on a roll, about 20, 25, 30 years of perfection. I mean, there's these halos that have just been growing around most of you. I mean, they're just so big, you can barely get through the door. You're so righteous. You're, you're amazing. You ought to be up here preaching, really. 
No. We know that we're still in the flesh and we got to be forgiven. And Jesus paid that price. And we talk about it every communion. But have we embodied it? Have we embraced it? Do we let it free us from our guilt and from our shame? Or are we still guilty and shameful? How many of us in here, raise your hand, go ahead. You're not going to be alone, so go ahead and get it up. How many of you feel accused more often than you feel peace? Go ahead and raise your hand. Praise God for you, sister. She put her hand up for shoes. Hey, I'll just say it the way it is. Good for you. How many of you are deceived? So now if you didn't raise your hand, you should have before. So get them up. How many of you are deceived? Raise your hand. Thinking, hey, I'm cool. Always been cool. Always will be cool. Well, let's keep reading then. Okay? He keeps going. Jesus' death is God's justice. Jesus' burial is God's faithfulness. And Jesus' resurrection. Who's going to win this uh, arm wrestling match? Who do you think is going to win this? Go ahead, bro. Get there. Help me, brother. Don't you love technology that's slow? There we go. Who's going to win that? Sometimes we doubt. We think that red guy's going to win it. He's all sunburned. He's not going to win. He's dying of cancer. Right? The Lord's going to win. The hippie's going to win. Come on. Yeah, that's my generation. That's my... Well, there's that verse about men with long hair, though. Better be careful there. Let's keep going. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, in your body, that is, it's dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive this morning because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body through his spirit who lives in you. I hear so many people say, it's just me, I can't change. But the Spirit of God is in you. And if that Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, it can change you. It can change you. The greatest compliment you're ever going to get is, as a Christian, and we need to tell each other this, is you have changed so much, brother. You have changed so much, sister. In this short amount of time, I mean, everybody I know, all of us, uh, uh, to mature people, I mean, we've changed so much. When I met Tom and Ed, they were great people already, but you know, they're even greater now. Mary Kay has always been a, a giving, outgoing, uplifting person, but she's even greater. Rob and Connie are even greater. It's amazing when you start young how awesome you're going to be spiritually because the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that defeated all the power of hell, death, and evil, is living within you. See, that's why I just dream big because it's not me. It's God living in us. Amen? And that is God's faithfulness and promise to us. Are you with me? That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. You know, Larry Cable guy, he's from Nebraska, Nebraska City, about 40 miles south of Omaha. He 
says that. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Well, that's good stuff. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you know, if you don't think it's funny, it is to me. <laughs> and you know, I tell people, hey, when you get up there and preach, just have fun. Just have fun. Because otherwise, it, preaching can be overwhelming. I mean, you're a herald for God. You're a spokesman for God. You're supposed to be, you know, an image of Jesus. <laughs> I'm just going to have fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Verse 13. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature, to live according to it. For if we live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. Because why? Those who are led by the Spirit are what? Sons and daughters of God. I always put daughters in there because that's all I can make. You know? I mean, I had two daughters, and now my daughter's having a daughter. I'm just not, Reese is the guy that gets all the boys, you know. I mean, it's, you just, God's got to balance things out somehow, right? But I love my girls. I believe in girl power. I like how this separated here. You boys are over here, you girls are over here. Keep it that way for a while, all right? I love you, brothers. They're ornery. Let them grow up. You're more mature. children of God. You know the song? Sing it with me. Red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in this sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And sometimes I'm white, sometimes I'm red, and then I turn yellow, and even sometimes I'm green when I eat the wrong stuff. God loves us all. And you know, when you doubt that, you need to look around at your brothers and sisters. And you need to look hard. Like, I don't know a lot of you, but gosh, you're cool. You're loving. Look at you smiling at me, laughing when I cue you. you know? God loves us, folks. We're his children. And I'm a dad, and I would do anything in the world for my girls. I would. I haven't been a perfect dad. They've told me so. You know, they're 28 and 30 now, and so there's no holds barred. They don't live with me. I don't pay their bills, so they have told the truth. Should have treated mom better. I know. You shouldn't have raised your voice so much. I know. You need to look nicer. I'm trying. is so cool. After 25, though, all that teenage stuff where you're an idiot goes away and you get to be friends. And I'd do anything for my girls so I know God would do anything for us. Amen? God is faithful. Let's read about it. In Romans 8, verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. You have to pause on that. When I was a young preacher, I used to say, Hairs. I was from Western Colorado. I didn't have a very sophisticated vocabulary. <laughs> hairs. Hairs of God and co-hairs with Christ. <laughs> and everybody laughed. I thought, what are they laughing about? I'm not playing. Uh, anyway. Hairs. 
if indeed we share in his suffering and in order that we also may share in his glory. Listen to this last part. I consider that our present suffering, folks, is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. I don't ever want to make light of anyone's suffering. This girl with the tear reminds me. In this audience, there's some folks that are hurting. Sometimes it's the one with the biggest smile that's hurting the most. They're really trying to not feel that pain and trying to get over it and be giving in spite of how they're feeling. And thank you for that. But this is a safe place. Share with someone if you're hurting so we can be there for you. Share with someone if you're about to cry. Go ahead and cry. <laughs> What's up with that? You know, I hate it. I hate it when people say, be strong. You know, that's the worst thing for you. You stuff that emotion down in you, it produces an eruption later on. It messes you up. Get it out. You know, and get the anger out away from others. You know, just go off into a field, yell into a pillow. Works. The pillow thing works really well. Right? Sometimes get in the car, turn up the music really loud, and then scream. You know, I have a voice that can split concrete, so I've got to find places where I can yell. Alright? But don't hold it in. There's things that hurt our feelings every day. Even as boys, we act like we don't have any feelings. What's a feeling? Where do you buy feelings? We have them. We just deny them because boys are supposed to be tough. Well, we are tough. We are strong. We're physically capable, but we're also emotional. And you know what they're having to do now in psychology? We block off our emotions. It's, it's, it's in the right side of the brain. Uh, yeah. I get the right and the left confused. I need if, if they said red and blue as football players, we know right and left, red and blue. We don't know right and left. We know red, blue. I don't know. If you didn't play, you don't know what I'm talking about. But what happens is emotion gets locked in one side, and it needs to go to the other side, the left side, for it to get processed. And if you don't get enough sleep at night, then your emotions of the day don't get processed. And if you go through a traumatic event... Sometime in your life, some bad thing, some quick death, some quick tragedy, a witnessing of something traumatic, and that never gets processed, it's locked up there. And it, and it hurts you emotionally, mentally, physically. And they have this great process now called MDR. It's very simple. You can do it tapping. You can do it with a light strobe. But it connects the right and the left brain. And again, women, you're way ahead of us. It isn't fair. You have more connections between the right brain and the left brain. Did you know that? See, boys are stupid. It's true. We don't have as many connections. And so we've got to follow a light to connect. You could just think about it and connect. And we have to tap right, left, right, left. These are therapies, and they work. Okay, Greg, tap, right, tap, left. So what are we doing here? You're getting smarter, Greg. Yeah. Oh, really? It really feels it. <laughs> it works. Suffering. But it's not worth comparing to our future. For in this, verse 24, 
hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. See, we know where we're going, so we're not isolated. We're not worried because we're going to be with God. In the same way, verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our what? Weakness. Well, I'm not weak. Okay, Superman, Superwoman, Supergirl, Superboy, Super whatever, Dog. Most of us, we're normal. We don't have superpowers. We have spirit powers. That's even better. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself. I like these kids sitting up front. You guys do that every week, right? No wonder Reese is a good preacher. Good. All right. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words can't express. And He searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance. You know, this world is decaying, it's corrupted, it's following. Fallen. It's a second law of thermodynamics. Things go from high energy to low energy, from, from order to disorder. That's our world, and this scripture describes that. What goes up must go down. For every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You get really mad, guess what? You're going to get really down. You get really sad, guess what? You have the potential to be really happy. Two, for every action, there's equal and opposite reaction. I got people that got to be high. They've got to be high. They got to. They're so addicted. They, that's all they want out of life is to be high. You know why? Because they're so actually low. They come in here telling me how perfect their world is. I say, that ain't true. You're lying. Don't call me a liar. You're lying, man. I shoot straight. And being old and weak, they don't pick on me. <laughs> Older. But I say, now, your addiction comes from one or two places. Either mad or you're sad. No, I'm not. Well, there it is. It's mad. Either mad or sad. Guys, there's something in us if you're not healthy. This scripture helps us be healthy. All right? God is merciful. Let's wrap this up. You guys have been a good audience. And this was a good sermon. Anyway, verse 35. Who shall separate us? This is really good stuff. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I want you to answer here. It's, it's rhetorical in the scripture, but I want you to call in response. Shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? Shall persecution, say it like you mean it, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall danger, shall the sword, no. For your sake, we face death all day long, says the heavenly host. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no, no. In all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. You know, for a long time, I thought I needed to be the conqueror. I needed to be Superman, super spiritual. The battle's already been won by Jesus. We're more than conquerors because he's already won and he gives us his medal. You know? And 
It's a big old bling medal. It's better than the, the Women's World Cup medal. I mean, it's gold and it's diamonds and it's, I mean, we're more than conquerors. And we get crowns with all these jewels the scripture describes in heaven. Every woman is a queen in heaven. Every man in heaven is a king. Every man is a victor and a champion. And every woman is the winner. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're on our way to heaven, folks. And it's all good. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Why? Because you're more than a conqueror. There is no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's just glory. There's just heaven. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Greg. All right, let's stand on up. We're going to have a closing song this morning. Our God. song to end the service with this morning about how if God is for us, then who could ever stop us? That's how we're going to sing about this morning. Let's sing. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again?